0: Welcome to Willow Park Church online. We're so glad that you've joined us. I know that people are joining us from right the way around the city of Kelowna, across British Columbia, and also abroad. We have people from Australia, from the UK, uh, from Africa who join us online and love to engage in the worship and the service and the sermons. Well, uh, this is kickoff weekend, and all of our small dwell groups are gathering at their different locations. You're gathering online, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Usually, uh, this weekend, we're at Green Bay Bible Camp, we're baptizing 30 or 40 people, we're celebrating, we're eating food together, we're playing games. I love kickoff, and here we are kicking off. September in this way and what a kickoff it has been for so many of you. I know that this last week children have gone back to school and there's some nervousness about that. I know that this last week there's a big adjustment in homes and our families because of the change and at the same time the media are talking about a second wave. Well let me tell you at the beginning of here at kickoff at Willow Park Church We are here, the church is alive, and Jesus is Lord. Do never doubt the reality that Jesus is Lord, and he is Lord of your life. So as we begin this kickoff service and begin this new series called Hidden, where we explore what it is to have a deep, dynamic, hidden life with Christ, where we are growing and maturing in Jesus, and how he teaches us such great lessons about humility, about how we gather through times of hardship, how God shapes our character in the hidden place and develops us to go deeper and closer to Christ in such a fantastic, dynamic way. So, welcome, and let me pray. Father, thank you that we are gathering online right now on this kickoff weekend. And we pray blessing on every person watching, that, Lord, you will be with them, you will encourage them, that you will fill their homes with your presence and your spirit, that they will be aware of your goodness in their lives. That where there may be anxiety and fear, that peace will come. We pray for protection over every home and ask, Lord, for your blessing to be on those people who are watching today. May they be encouraged and may their lives be enriched all by the goodness of God. And as we step into worship now, we pray, Lord, that you will speak to us through the worship in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to hand over now to Sarah and Luke, and they're going to lead you in a beautiful time of worship. Welcome to Kickoff Weekend.
1: Hello Willow Park Church, we're uh, glad to have you join us today. We're going to do some worship together. I'm going to start with This is Amazing Grace. We're joking that this is a new song, it's not a new song. We are going to enjoy every minute of it though because it's declaring God's grace, his unfailing love, his uh, death and resurrection in our place. So we want to be able to really uh, praise God and enjoy him. Let's do that together. Jesus has done all that for us he is the lamb who was slain he is the king who conquered the grave and he is worthy let's sing worthy all my hope is in him he is freedom he is healing he is hope and joy and love and peace and life let's pray Father we thank you that you are our faithful God we thank you that you are a glorious God that you are far above us that no matter what problems and difficulties and valleys we go through that you are the one who is able to rescue us because you are so glorious thank you that we place all of our hope in you. Lord, I pray right now that those who are needing that touch from you, who are needing freedom, freedom from mental health issues, freedom from disease, freedom from financial strife, Lord, I pray that you would meet them right where their need is. I pray that you would give them freedom in in that circumstance. Pray for those Lord who need healing I know so many who need a touch from you and you are the God who heals you've said I am the God who heals you Lord we ask for your healing Holy Spirit even now we pray that you would reach out and heal people that you would bring them freedom for your namesake for your glory for us to declare how great you are
2: generation
1: And Holy Spirit, be gracious and give us answers. The yeah. Lord, we thank you for giving your body and your blood being broken and poured out all because you loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We want to celebrate that now in celebrating communion together. Phil's going to lead us in that time just concentrating on God's sacrifice, his gift, giving himself body and blood. And then amazingly, being raised from the dead. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your victory. Help us now, Lord, as we come and concentrate on you in communion to be able to celebrate that meal together. Amen.
0: What a great way to finish our time of worship, Jesus Messiah. That's exactly what Jesus was. He is our Messiah. Now, they expected Jesus, the Messiah, to come, as it were, on a cloud. They expected him to ride into Jerusalem as a general, a kind of figure that was, was glowing and shining like a Alexander the Great, a hero who would liberate Israel from the tyranny of the Romans. But of course, this Messiah came in a very different way. He came as a servant king. And the reason he came was not just to liberate Israel, but to liberate the world. Not just from the tyranny of the Roman Empire, but to liberate us from the tyranny of sin. The tyranny of death. And by eliminating the power of sin and death, he eliminates the power of the devil within our lives. And communion is such a key time for that. And so if you're not ready to take communion, go now and grab the emblems, gather together and just remember all that Christ has done. On the night on which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body that is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the bread. We bless it in the name of Jesus. And we remember that Christ gave his life for us. You are the bread of life. You are the one that brings life. You are the one that leads us. And so, Lord, thank you that your body was broken so we may be healed, that you died so that we may be fully forgiven, redeemed, restored, rescued by the love of God. The body of Christ broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. I remember you, Jesus. In the same manner, he took the cup and he poured it out, saying this is the blood of the new covenant. Poured out for you to take away the sins of the world. Father, we thank you for your blood, the blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. Drink it. And remember. What a blessing. To be able to worship together. To break bread together. And to remember. Now, if you're watching... To get ready to hear Glenn's sermon at the South Community or here at Rutland with myself sharing. We want to encourage you and thank you for your um, willingness to engage with us online in this way. And we're so blessed. And so now here is the Willow One news and then you'll get the word of the Lord preached to you. Enjoy.
3: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. We are once again raising funds for Child of Mine, which supports two children's homes in northern India. A group of runners and walkers will be doing a virtual event October 17th and this year, the funds raised will go towards post-secondary education for graduates of the homes. Learn more on the Child of Mine website at childofmine.ca slash events. Kids Church Online just got a whole lot better. We are now offering a preschool Kids Church video on demand, and it's available every Sunday on our website at willowparkchurch.com kidschurch. If you have kiddos kindergarten age or younger, be sure to check in. Parents, you asked and we listened. Many of you were hoping for an in-person midweek program for your kids. And we are so happy to let you know that we're starting up Kids Club on Tuesday nights starting October 6th. This program is for kids in grade kindergarten to grade 5. Learn more and register online at willowparkchurch.com clubs. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
0: Well, welcome to Willow Park Church. Uh, This morning, we're so glad that you've joined us, both here live. This is the first time we've been able to open the balcony, finally, so hooray! (laughs) Welcome to kick-off, and um, and we're so blessed uh, that you're able to be with us. You know, a lot of work goes into... Uh, just being able to comply to all of the new laws that are in uh, BC in terms of gatherings and gatherings such as this. And so for your cooperation, we are grateful. We've got a great team, both in the gym, in all of our venues, in our sites, outside the volunteers that are helping you, ticking you off. The actual meticulous process of making sure we do this correctly is... Um, is amazing. Not only that, we are simultaneously uh, broadcasting into different venues. And then there are those of you who are online. And there you are. And you've joined us on the uh, Church Online platform. Or you've joined us on Facebook Live. I can see who's out there. Because I've got one of these funny little devices called a phone. And uh, I'm happy because the Chan family are the first time they've ever come online right now at Willow Park Church ever. So isn't that wonderful? Well done, the Cham family. So we're glad. The Coop family are there. Kirk and Joan are there. Bud's there on Facebook. Um, Uh, And uh, Heather is there, the Edmund family, the Viju family, just all of these lovely names that are popping up that we love and many, many more that are part of our community and part of Willow Park Church. I'm also um, streaming live as well from my phone, which means that I can see who all my uh, English friends are coming online to check out what Phil Collins is up to. They're nosy, you know. Uh, My mother in law always comes online, but she was on at 9 a.m., and so I can talk about her now because she's not online. So I'm blessed, I'm good to see you. It's hard, it's a difficult time Kick off, we usually are baptising 30, 40 people We're down at Green Bay, we have sleeping in Sunday And then we're down there for a big uh, event with a uh, thousand people uh, Today however, you'll be pleased to know for long time and short term Willow Park Church members That today through all our various groups We will see and share in person to 400 people people today. So uh, that's quite a landmark for us, to be able to, to connect. Now, I know that is a third of what we usually speak to in terms of adult attendance uh, throughout our, our weekend, but it's, it's, I'll take it. It's better than nothing, isn't it? We need to uh, keep pushing in. Uh, These are strange times. There has never been a time in the history of the Canadian church when we've had to be like this. There's never been a time when we've had to be so diverse. And as you watch in the uh, gymnasium, we are blessed that you're there in the gym. And um, with Pastor Jordan and Jesse leading there as well. And thank you for your patience and for your uh, connection with us. And we're so uh, proud of all of our staff. Technically, you know, uh, led by Chris Newfeld and his team, it is a massive task. I said, and I wrote in the courier this last week, that... that that, that this is the toughest race any of us are in. It feels like a tough race because every move you make, you then have to change again. And in, in, in the Bear Grylls, toughest race, I don't know if you've ever watched this on Amazon Prime, but they, it's, it's 600 kilometres through the island of Fiji, and every move they make, they have to run a marathon, then cycle, then paddleboard, then rock climb, then um, walk, and then climb a waterfall, swim along a river. It goes on forever. The hardest, toughest people do it. But I feel like that. One minute I'm fine paddleboarding, and then the next week we've got another issue and we have to change and I'm rock climbing and the next week we have to... And if I feel like, let me tell you, our technical team... I uh, feel like that because then one day Facebook crashes, next day Church Online crashes. There has been a period of time where my voice has been out of sync with the screen, so I've looked like a 1970s kung fu movie as I'm speaking. You know, I don't, that's that's what you know. The subtitle is not working. Uh, but thank you for your patience, and those online, I uh, thank you for your patience with that hidden our life in Jesus. As we do kick off, what is this all about? Well, it's about how do we survive spiritually in a time of pandemic? How prepared are we? Many of us experienced the lockdown, and when we we're in lockdown, we probably had many great ideas about what we would achieve through lockdown, right? We thought, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna become, I'm going to become an artist, I'm going to write that novel. I am going to do all these very grandiose things, these wonderful things. I'm going to do a theological critique on the ancient development of Anabaptist thinking. I don't know what you were into. But for some of us, we may have decided that we would do more things spiritually. We may have decided that we would do things more in a different way. And yet we know that so often good intentions... And we look back and think, what did I do with the time? I decided to do this, what on earth did I do with the time? I watched a, a little interview with uh, Keith Sutherland. You may know him. He starred in that that longest ever running show called Twenty Four, when he ran around saving the world. Do you remember that show? And and you just want and he kept saving his daughter. And by the end of the fifteenth series, you wanted his daughter to die. Um, let's get rid of you know she's a pain. Um, and then he's doing Designated Survivor. He was in Young Guns, and he we know it's well documented. His battle with alcoholism and with drinking, and he he was in he was pulled over, of course, and was was sentenced to um, to prison for forty eight days for drinking and driving, and he was being interviewed about this, and he was a humbler, a more gentle Keith Sutherland as I watched it, and and the interviewer said, "Well, how did you?" Um, what did you, how did you treat going to prison? He said, oh, I decided to do my time, the hardest sentence, 48 days, get it out of the way, and I would go into prison. And what do people do in prison? They do, they, they do workouts. They pump iron. They get ripped in their body. And I'd come out looking amazing after 48 days in prison. And the interviewer says, well, what happened? He said, nothing. <laughs> I didn't do it. Right, he said I could barely do a press-up between the toilet and my bed. I couldn't even, you know, good intentions. The lockdown was there, but good intentions. And it made me think that some of us feel like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this wilderness experience and allow God to do this. I'm going to develop this. but actually, we have to be more than more intentional about what God does and does in our lives. We have to really choose, because everything is against us growing in the depth of Christ. And we, the hidden series, is about this. What happens if Zoom disappears? What happens if Google stops allowing certain content to flow of Christian content? What happens if if the church has total shutdown and we can no longer depend upon our buildings? When society shifts, what happens then? Well, we believe that God is preparing the church that you and I will go deeper into Christ and that we will know God's presence. Our faith is is not dependent upon um, just us attending church. Our faith is dependent upon us understanding how we personally can maintain a strong, vibrant, dynamic Christian life. And this is what this series is about. It's about what are the ancient principles of how we maintain a strong and dynamic and amazing spiritual life. And I'm, uh, I'm, we're excited about this. What if all of the support systems are gone and you find yourself just you and God in your family, in your home? How do you maintain that relationship? Have you done the work now? Have you gone deeper into God? Have you moved in the right direction that God is calling you to? Let me remind you briefly. Uh, your giving enables us to succeed in our message in reaching the world online as well as in person. And thank you for that, for your regular sacrificial giving uh, that you, you, you are willing uh, to do. There's also beautiful boxes that have been built where you can drop your offering into those lovely boxes. So I want to start here. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted. Isn't it true that what we want to do in our spiritual lives, whether you're sat in the gym or whether you're online right now, good to see you, is that we want to see the Lord. This was a, this was a shift in society at this time. King Uzziah was dead. There was an uncertain time, uncertain movement. What were the Assyrians going to do? What would the tribes of the east do? Would, would the Moabites, would they invade again? Would the Egyptians move on and be, start to work politically? There was a geo-shift happening as Isaiah sees the Lord. And our calling in every one of our lives is this, that we would see and know God better. And the question I have for you at the beginning of hidden series as a way of a preamble is this. Are you an individual, am I an individual who is pursuing God? Because in every area of our lives we need to be willing to pursue God. To keep pursuing God. To allow that and, and chase after God and to seek his face and to know. And the question is this. Are we hungry for God in our lives? Because I meet lots of different people and Christians and they seem to be starving in their spiritual walk with God. They've lost that intimacy. They have lost that closeness. They've lost that sense of that closeness between us and God. And and they are spiritually starving and they are not feeding themselves in the correct way. And yet, in this day and age, we need to hunger after God. We should seek God. But you know, we may be feeding ourselves on junk food rather than feeding ourselves on what the Lord desires to feed. Feed us, to come close to us, and to minister to us. And there is a, it's so easy to get into neutral. It's so easy to stop being a God pursuer. A.W. Tozer, who comes around every generation as a great theological thinker, that great Alliance pastor, wrote in Chicago, wrote a book called In Pursuit of God, Pursuing God. And our Reason we exist is to pursue God, is to seek God. How do we do that? Some theologians and many writers use these illustrations of what it is to pursue and to seek God. One of the illustrations they use, which is particularly Canadian, is that we are like we hunt God down. We seek after him. We are hunters, And so I thought it'd be fun on a a local Facebook page called Willow Park Fishing and Game uh, Facebook. I would ask them all, what makes a good hunter? Because if people write about this, what do they think makes a good hunter? It'd be amazing what response I had from people for good hunter. Um, Things like patience makes a good hunter. Perseverance makes a good hunter. Planning makes a good hunter. Focus makes a good hunter. Going out and contemplating and walking and acknowledging God within the environment of creation makes a good hunter. And this is a brilliant statement that is so magnificent. What makes a good hunter? The wife that lets... The hunter-go makes a good hunter, particularly when they've got small children. That makes a good hunter. And, but I don't want to be uh, sexist on that. I know there are ladies that like to hunt. There was a family in church this morning at the earlier service, and they told me that his mother-in-law, who is 84 years old, still goes out hunting and gets her supply of meat herself still. I think that 's pretty impressive i 'd like to meet her I, I think i 'd like to meet her um, and then uh, but there is this 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 perseverance, this sense of tracking down this sense of saying, You know I want in my perseverance, in my rhythm, in my life. I want to get away from everything to get the focus and the goal. And that's the question is, do you truly want to pursue God? Do you want to get away from everything? Are you persistently, patiently planning to deepen your relationship with your Saviour and to go farther and deeper into God. Because in this day and age, as the shifting world shifts in its geopolitics within its world, we can experience, like never before, a sense of seeking after and wanting God to come close to us. You see, the danger is that we think that our knowledge is enough. And the truth is, knowledge is about God is good, but knowledge is never enough. It is knowing God that makes it enough. And God calls us to know him, to seek him, to know him. And we can have knowledge. I mean, I've got a master's in applied theology. I know a lot of things. You know a lot of things. But if we depend just upon our knowledge and we forget the connection between us and God and knowing God in our life and knowing God in that intimate, close way, then we lose the point. And and there are that moments. It's a little bit like we know all about lots of celebrities, don't we? But we don't actually really know them and part of the the interesting thing about you know all these biographies appearing about certain presidents at the moment is that people are trying to help us get to know or not to know or or what is prince harry and meghan markle really like and what are uh, you know we know about but we don't know we know about the queen but, but who's had tea with the queen i haven't and when you go for tea with the queen that you go with another 500 people. So we're not gonna get close, are yeah, There she is with the corgis running around and, and so on. But, but I was thinking that who is the most famous person I know? Apart from Curtis Toolman. Who is the most famous, Cowboy Barb. Um, the Cazeros, or whatever they were called. Who is the most famous person? Well, I know somebody a little bit more famous than Curtis Tallman, actually, from my hometown. You may not know this person, but I come from the hometown of the lead singer of the band Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant. So every one of us knows Robert Plant. I went to school with Robert Plant's daughter and John Bonham's son. And, and so I can, I can talk, you know, now in North America, he's like this legend of a rock person. But I remember being just size age, jumping on my bicycle with a couple of friends, and one day we said, let's go to Robert Plant's house. So we cycled five miles to his little farm, went down the path, pulled up on his little farm, knocked on the door and said, hello, Robert, we've come to see your daughter he was very kind to us, welcomed us in. She came down. He said, come to the barn and you can hang out there. He calls it a barn. It was like a converted play area with, 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 with sodas and pops. And, 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 you know, he was very kind to us. There's a difference between... And everybody in our town has a story of when they met Robert Plant. There's a difference between know, about, about knowing about and actually meeting, Right? And the danger is that in this age we know about God, but we're not actually meeting with God. And we're not actually at that place of intimacy and that closeness, that place where we're seeking God's face. People are sick of church, it seems, but they're actually people are not sick of God. And the reason they're sick of church is that church can seem all about knowledge, but actually church is about us getting to know God and seek God and become personal with God and experience God within our lives. And that living relationship makes all the difference. I love church. Because when there's the gathering of the saints, the Lord promises where two or three are gathered, he will be amongst us. I'm not sick of church. Church was the greatest gift in my life. But I tell you, people get sick of it when it's about knowledge rather than knowing the presence and the intimacy and the beauty of connecting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? And everything about our faith and our drive is about knowing that, that moment. I saw the Lord. In a difficult time, the king Uzziah died. In the time of pandemic, in the time of difficulty, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, the train of his robe filled the temple. Has there been times in your quiet time when you've had your lovely cup of coffee, your Bible's open, your journal's in front of you, you've got a quiet time for 30 minutes and it's like suddenly you sense the beauty of the presence of the Lord. Is there a time you remember in your past at Bible camp, whether at like Garden Lake or, or whether at Green Bay or wherever Bible camp you went to on the prairies and after the end of a service and a certain moment happened and you found yourself kneeling at the front of that, that Bible camp and it was like you you saw the Lord, you connected with Him. There was a moment when you were filled with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There was an intimacy and a closeness that you experienced. You see, this is what it means to be a pursuer of God is that we open up and we sense Him high, seated at the throne, filled the temple. Of course, the Bible teaches you are the temple. And any work that God does in you is in your inner person. And let's be honest, in the temple of our lives, we need the intimacy of Jesus. In the temple of who we are, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we want to connect with the very cloud and the presence of God. In the temple of our prayer life, when we sit quietly, you know, people often look to to the east for true peace. They often look to to strange things like a a crystal or, or something that brings them peace or focus on something or a little statement. There is no far beautiful moment when you and I connect with the creator of heaven and earth and we stare in his face and as we stare towards God we see a distant figure appearing and it comes closer and closer and you see the distinct features of that face and you realise that that face is Jesus Christ the son of the living God the lion of the tribe of Judah you go deep Deep. Yes, I'm contesting always for revival. But I know that the place I can contest for revival in my life is in my own temple. And my own temple can have revival. My own heart can have revival. My own life can be consumed by that revival that God is with us and leads us and guides us. And so are we pursuing God? Often, above him were the seraphims, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Are there moments in your spiritual life when as you sit there and go deeper and you meditate on the goodness of God that you can almost hear a seraphim's wing flutter for a brief moment? Have you ever heard a seraphim's wing flutter in the place of worship? Maybe you have and you don't realise it is. Because the Bible says that the veil was ripped in two and we are invited into the third heaven, the holy of holies, where even angels fear to tread. Can I hear a flutter? A flutter of a seraphim's wing? Can I hear this? Can I see this? And they were calling to one another, and isn't this the call of our hearts? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Isn't that, I'll tell you something, the whole earth is full of the glory. If you sat for 10 minutes and said this statement 50 times and thought about the Lord Jesus Christ, that would transform your life. Say, well, I don't don't like doing that. Sit there and say this line 50 times, really? Pastor, that's a bit repetitive. Uh, Excuse me, have you read the book of Revelations and what they're doing all the time in the third and glorious heaven? They're doing it all the time. Well, I couldn't sit there and just think about God for 15 minutes saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. But I tell you, if you took a time to sit still and just join in with the chorus of the angels and the seraphims, you might find that heaven comes a lot closer to you by your connection with him. And I'll tell you something, if you did that for 10 minutes and you only had 12 minutes to pray, and you did that for 10 minutes and prayed for two minutes about all your needs, you might find more prayers being answered. Because it's not about shopping lists. It's not about our to do lists with God in heaven. It's about the intimacy and the closeness of worship. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, yeah. I am really making the cameraman work at this moment. <laughs> so I'm fine. If you're online, you're watching me go backwards and forwards and in the gym um, or in our different dwell groups. But the earth is full of your glory. At the sound of their voice, the doorpost threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, pursuing God. Now, when I say pursuing God, let me explain to you something uh, theologically that I really. believe? Of course, I'm not suggesting that by works you receive salvation because salvation is not by works. It's not through my effort. It is a gift of God that is given to the grace of God and the work of the cross and salvation. Let me be clear. But to pursue God, to hunt God, to chase after God, to be patient in this terminology is appropriate, but it's appropriate in this way. And let me explain it to you. It's appropriate. It's like it's like children. I've got grown-up children now. They're young women. I've got in their twenties. My oldest girls. They both got full-time jobs working um, in uh, in social work and 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 so on. And and Bella is she's she's grade twelve, uh, but having little girls. And a little boy who's um, 14. And and it's great to see how God works with them in every different way. But for every one of my kids, there was a game we'd play when they would chase daddy. Do you remember that game? If you've had kids. And they would chase you and you would run away. And as you run away, now I know um, the Garcias have a little three-year-old. So I'm sure you know this game, don't you? That... um, that you, 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 the, the, you, their job is to chase you and you are running away, but you're not really running away, are you? It's not like you're running away and you jump on a bus and you move to Vancouver running away. You're running away so there's a divine moment when you swing around, turn around, and you sweep them up and you hold them, right? That's why you run away, So you turn around to sweep them up and hold them. That's what I mean by pursuing God. God's everywhere. God is present. But there's a hunger in your heart that God loves to see like a father being chased by a toddler. And he catches you and he sweeps you up and he holds you at that moment. Now, why? Do we not always like this intimate experience? Because when you come with an intimate experience at that moment, you are often faced with the reality of also your wretchedness. And we don't like the self-examination that goes with the presence of God. Because we have to then engage in allowing the Lord to change and to mould our character in the journey. Woe is me! I've seen the glory. I feel the flutter of seraphim wings. But whoa! I really am a wretched man. And as one person said at the end of last service, they said, it made me feel, yes, yes. That does put me off because when I'm really praying, I suddenly realise how wretched I am. And I said to him, and I say to you and you online... That the feeling of wretchedness at that moment is a blessing because it means that God's going to do something beautiful. He's going to free you. He's going to heal you. He's going to work in you. And And the road of repentance is absolutely key to the move and to the power of God in our lives. And when we understand repentance, we understand the gift of forgiveness. And when we understand the gift of forgiveness, we understand the power of transformation within our lives. And God loves to make me feel a little bit wretched at times, and a lot wretched. And then he starts to do a beautiful inner work in our lives. Actually, the Anabaptists have a German word for this, of which I'm not going to attempt to use when I read Anabaptist history, but it describes the experience of the inner journey of the cross within your own heart. That you are becoming, you are on the journey of the cross within your own heart. And I love that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You you look at John the Baptist, the journey to prepare for the coming of the Messiah was a journey of a baptism of repentance. To make a straight way in the wilderness for the coming of the Lord. And I believe it's my job and our job to build a highway by which we welcome the Lord into our lives. We want him to come. We want him to work. You see, John the Baptist was no doubt part of the ASEAN community at the Dead Sea. We're a group that were, that were founded probably 250 years earlier, where the Dead Sea Scrolls come from, where they, would, they believed by becoming a holy, holy community, hid in the black, uh, Dead Sea area they would bring in the revival that Israel needed. By withdrawing and being super holy, they would affect the nation. But John the Baptist seemed to clearly receive the revelation that it's not about withdrawing, it's actually about declaring that all people can be forgiven, all people can repent, all people can know God, and all people can know the coming of the Messiah. But we all have to walk the road of repentance as we seek God. But let me remind you that Jesus is our bread of life. The one reason Ruth's our mother-in-law... And the family moved from Bethlehem to Moab was because of famine in the land and there was no bread in Bethlehem. They went to Moab. They went to look for what they needed from Moab and really they never really found what they were looking for in Moab. And then she arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return to the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. From Moab she had heard that Bethlehem had received bread and it was time to go back to receive the bread. You see, many Christians are in famine and they're eating crumbs but it's time for every one of us to pursue God and return back to Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem in the ancient language means breadbasket, the place of bread, the place that is there to return to Bethlehem. And so often what we do is we put our trust in Moab, where our su- supplies are. But you'll never find fulfilment in Moab, you will only find fulfilment in trusting in the place where bread truly comes from and that place is found only in one person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the bread of life. When Jesus taught this scripture, many people left. Because they couldn't come to terms that he was saying, I will fulfill you, I will meet your needs, I will feed you, I will be with you. You do not have to look to Moab, you do not have to look beyond me, you do not have to look to things in the world, but what you can look to is you can feed on the bread of heaven and that bread will fully and completely satisfy your life. Don't be starving, do not be in famine, but know that the bread of heaven has come through the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So let me put it this way. In God's bakery, God has fresh, smelling, wonderful bread for you today. But the danger is we're eating crumbs, not bread. We're living like Moabites rather than living on the bread of heaven that comes and fulfills us. You see, we use this scripture, but I want to use it in this context, that, that if you seek him, you'll find him and the righteous will not be forsaken or their children begging for bread. Every generation needs a fresh touch of heavenly bread in their lives. You had it, your children have it, We're praying for our grandchildren to have it, that they will have fresh bread of heaven, not the crumbs of this world, not the crumbs of a little bit of religion, not the crumbs of knowing about God and not knowing God, but we will have fresh bread that will come and to feed his church because in Christ, in the fresh bread of Christ, there is eternal life and that is why we should be God seekers. Let the Father Chase after the Father and he will make that difference in your life. And right now at the gym I'll hand back to Jordan and he can lead you in a prayer of of dedication in the different places you're watching this. But at this moment, as we gather, have you been chasing after the bread in the wrong place? Or, like A.W. Toza said, the danger is that we're inoculated with a little bit of religion and therefore we never get the right experience. It's time to feed from the bread, the bread of heaven, to pursue God. And this hidden series at this kickoff is about this. It's about in the temple of your heart that you will connect with the river of God. And that river of God will flow through your life and that you will be a God seeker, a God chaser. You will persevere. You will have the patience. You will want to know him in your life, in that closeness and that intimacy of your life. And it starts with your decision to say, I've been camping out in Moab. It's time to get back to Bethlehem. In other words, it's time to come back to Christ. Let's pray together. As you bow your heads, ready to pray, let me say a few words. Maybe at this moment, and you're online watching, it's time for you to pursue God again. Seek him, go after him. Maybe here it's time for you. that You've listened. You've, You've come here. But you know there's more you could do. There's more seeking you could do. There's more wanting to go deeper into Christ that you could do. Then please, whatever that means to you, at the beginning of this new season, make that decision now to seek after God even if it may hurt at times with the self-examination. Father, right now, we devote ourselves to you. And Father, we pray that you will come and you will fill us with your presence and your grace. And we now choose, Lord, to say this morning, I give my whole life to you and I choose to seek after you now. Right now in line, you're watching on Church Online and it's time to recommit your life, just press that button and raise that hand as a step and say, yes, I am willing now to respond to pursue God in this generation. Even now, as nobody's looking around, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and you're saying, yes, I choose to seek God again. Just raise your hand if that's you for a moment. Bless you. I choose. God bless you. God bless. Raise your hand and say, yes. I choose. This. God bless you. I choose to go farther and deep. I acknowledge that I want to be a God chaser. God bless you. Father, right now, for all the hands of the raised, 12 o'clock noon today, we just declare that, Lord, we want to seek after God in our life. Help us to go farther. Help us to go deeper. Help us, Lord, I ask. And these responses in hearts now come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And touch us now, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.